0: Hello, all you Warriors, all 82 listeners, as this NBA season continues. uh, It's indefinite hiatus with no end in sight, really. Um, We're going to keep doing these, like I said, about weekly podcasts, fused over with the uh, Warriors Plus Minus crew, Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, Tim Kawakami. Uh, In this episode, we did a look back at the Thunder against the Warriors, regular season game from 2016, best known, obviously, for the Steph Curry 40-foot bomb that uh, ended the game uh, in overtime, the game winner. Um, But it had a lot of other interesting aspects. That whole rivalry had a bunch of interesting aspects. I was actually on the other side of it. I covered the Thunder at the time for the Oklahoman, um, and we chatted for a while about it. Uh, And again, like I said, a bunch of of different angles so here is that podcast
1: singlers out there with waiters ibaka westbrook and robertson 5.5 difference between shot clock and game clock the luxury of playing with a great player he can get a wide open shot because they're not going to defend him singler finds westbrook tops it on him Westbrook, back out Singler, shot clock at seven. Westbrook on the drive, falling away, won't go, rebound taken by Iguodala. They do have a timeout, decide not to use it, Curry, way downtown, bang, bang, oh, what a shot from Curry, with six tenths of a second remaining. The brilliant shooting of Stephen Curry continues, and he ties the NBA record with his 12th three-pointer of the game. Plus-minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit.
2: Plus-minus.
1: That is a word right there. What'd you say? Plus-minus.
2: Like Marcus Thompson. Marcus always telling the plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good
1: reporter. Um, he's well respected. Plus minus. I think you got the highest plus minus in a season.
2: in the That sound you hear was from arguably the greatest game in regular season history. Certainly one of them. And so we are going to talk about it. We are on uh, Shelter in Place in California, and all of us are in place. It's myself, Marcus Thompson. I've got Tim Kawakami, the boss man. Anthony Slater is back and we got Ethan Strauss do we have Ethan Strauss I know uh we Asher may have Ethan Strauss w- who's with us
3: I've escaped my son I've prioritized correctly I've escaped my son and focused on this game from uh, <laughs> from 2016. You I'm
0: in more my car Ethan Strauss <laughs> <laughs> like, you're in your
4: car Ethan I'm in shelter? my car.
5: Shelter in a place a little far away from Asher. We (laughs) love Asher, but a little
4: far away is not terrible.
3: Yeah, to not disrupt bedtime, I have uh, become a a Prius refugee.
4: Andrew Bogut must have tweeted out the link to the game, and that's... (laughs) Well, hey,
2: that's that's the way to get Ethan on. Uh, Uh, Oh, please, please. He was in (laughs) there. So... uh, let's 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 talk about this in, incredible game uh, we have we have nothing but old games now, so we might as well dive into it. uh Ethan Slater, you were there. Anthony, I'm very interested in the Oklahoma City perspective
4: headed into this game.
5: Anthony was covering it for the Oklahoma City paper at the time so the Oklahoman.
4: Sense. I'm actually in an Oklahoma, Oklahoma mindset right now too. I yeah. just watched uh, the Tiger King Netflix doc. Have you guys started that?
5: No, no, people talking about it, it's very highly ranked on Netflix. I see
4: yeah, that. it's it's check it out. And, and when I say Oklahoma mindset, that anyone that's watched it understands what I'm saying. But um, yeah, so this was 2016 February. Um, the lead up for the Thunder was um, it was there was just such a desperate point in the franchise's history, right? Because um, t- 2012 is where they broke out got to the finals. Then the James Harden trade obviously happens. Then the disappointments come with the Westbrook knee injury in 13 to um, the Abaca, you know, West finals injury in 14 that they thought kind of ripped their title hopes away. 15 was like the injury plague season where Durant has the three foot surgeries. Uh, The season is derailed. They fire Scott Brooks. Durant's heading into his final season on his contract. They're trying to prove to him that this is still the place to remain long-term and win the title. They think they have the right coach. They are healthy entering the season. They're desperate. Um, and then suddenly, you know, the Warriors had risen during the, the Thunder's season off was when the Warriors had that stunning rise. And then suddenly the Warriors start the season 24-0. and And the Thunder are what you would call, I don't know, I guess a disappointing like 20-7 and to start the season. And then even if you look at the records heading into this game, the Thunder's forty-one and seventeen. That's really good, but not only are the Warriors fifty-two and five, but the Spurs are forty-nine and nine. And the NBA world has basically told the Thunder, the Durant era, their time is kind of up. The Warriors have leaped them, um, and this is them trying to prove to themselves, trying to prove to the NBA world that like they still are a legit contender. It was the first ABC Saturday night game ever. There's just a lot of buildup. Um, around that game from the Oklahoma city side that like, we are going to prove that we are in that class.
3: I did not remember that this was the first ABC primetime game, which was a great idea by the league to make Saturday something of an event. And
2: uh, if they could get, you were in a building, wasn't an event. Did you feel like you were at something? Um,
3: I was excited to be there. It was obviously a big game, but looking back on it, if I'm totally honest and it's it's hard to remember how you felt at the time because there's something called creeping determinism where you convince yourself you knew what was going to happen back when you didn't that's just we like to make sense of things as human beings we don't like to feel so lost but i think back then if i'm honest i took the thunder lightly way too lightly um i think i was more of a mindset back then that your regular season is a proxy for how great your team is in the playoffs. And it's almost like you can use point differential as a down payment um, on your championship. You just show up and you go like, oh, we got this amount of uh, point differential, so championship, please. And it doesn't work that way. There are teams that are better playoff teams um, than they are regular season teams, especially if they've been to the finals before and they know that the regular season is only so important. And with the Thunder, I think I took them lightly too because the talent around uh, Durant and Westbrook had gotten so much worse. They have a lot of guys who are just guys out there when you rewatch this game. And that was on my mind as well. So I did not see what was coming later on when they came so close to beating the Warriors in that playoff series and really were dominating them for maybe, yeah.
4: There were distinct tiers in the West, which I think is the main thing. Like Warriors were clearly number one. Spurs were clearly number two. Thunder felt like a distant third, and in that reality, the Warriors were never going to play the Thunder in the playoffs, right? I yes. Mean, what, wasn't the hype that year? Warriors- Everything was Spurs. Finals.
3: Everything was Spurs. The Spurs were the thing that the Warriors hadn't conquered. They were the big test.
2: I know, but they, they played them, what, a month earlier, and it was the big showdown, and they kind of blasted yeah. the Spurs. So I remember not knowing if they would have any – or we were counting – how many big games they actually had left, how many games would actually challenge them for the remainder of the season. And that's why I thought this game was a little bit significant, but I, I wasn't there. I wasn't traveling.
3: Um, it was It was a big game. It was a big night, um, but it wasn't the type of thing where I thought, oh, this, is, this will show me who's really good. I just figured the Warriors were better than the Thunder by a big margin. And maybe they win, maybe they lose, but I don't think the result was really going to, it changed my mind much on that. What I wasn't prepared for was just how incredible this game was. And when I look back and watch it again, how much foreshadowing it had. Um, it's remembered for Steph's Big Shot. That's the signature moment. But you have other aspects where you finally learn something about the relationship between Steve Kerr and Draymond where it's not so copacetic. There are little inklings. You you knew if you were really following it and you were around it, but this, this just... In a big way, the country was introduced to it, and you see it before it even happens. You see it earlier in the first half. uh, dra- the 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 ball swings to why, why, why is he going? Why, why is he going ahead all the time? Like, what is? it's it how do? my it's how my brain works. It's poor where, where, Tim. Where, where, poor, where Tim to, poor Tim has to edit,
5: edit me, <laughs> and, and and edit how this goes. Now, Ethan's going to talk about 2018-19 Now,
3: Let's... <laughs> I'm going to talk about the i twi- I'm going to talk about the twenty twenty one Olympics.
2: Nah.
5: We're going to we're
3: going to stop you right there. Like, because... I'll, I'll say this: there was foreshadowing of Steve and Draymond's relationship going a bit sour. There was foreshadowing as well of Kevin Durant getting recruited to the Warriors. Whenever you watch this game,
2: He's going to be the first one to say it. That's all I know. And what's the
4: happening. and the Thunder's, uh, you know, stars melting down at key moments. Yes. Uh, to, to get it yeah. heartbroken.
5: We talked a, little, a lot about the Thunder. I just want to put this in the Warriors context, which is how I was watching it on TV, um, that this was the Warriors going after history. They really started – I mean, they won a championship the year before, but this was when all the stuff – are they better than – are they the greatest team of all time? Are they going to win 73 games? I don't think I, anybody really thought thought 73. Are they going 70s? 70, 72, tie the Bulls. Are they as good as the Celtics? Are they showtime Lakers? And all that pushback was really starting to happen right about then. And the criticism or the examination. And meanwhile, like, are they going to sign Kevin Durant at the end of the year? I mean, that, that's all out there. I think this was really the beginning or the middle or the peak, whatever you want to call it, of the Warriors as the story of the NBA. What was going on with them was the most important thing, no matter what it was, because it was at at the highest level, as as Durant might say, it's all at the highest level of the game. And that's when the Oscar Robertson stuff came, you know, he's saying that, you know, yeah, Curry's all right, but you know, you got to press up on him, right? I mean, they got to play, got to play him differently. And more than anything, I think Marcus and I and, and everybody around them was attuned that the Warriors were hearing all this. This was perking up their ears. They won a championship and they didn't feel, and Steph wins the MVP, but they don't feel like they're looked at like that. They They feel like they're. everyone's ready to pass it back to LeBron or whoever it's going to be. And I think that was bubbling going into this game. It was bubbling all through that season, but I think it really was bubbling. That was for the Warriors viewing and for... Those of us who were watching that way, I think that was the context of this. It was loaded because of what everyone was putting on the warriors, whether it was criticism or praise or whatever. This was a loaded moment, and it turned out to be like that.
2: Yeah, and Steph was on this incredible run. Uh, he had dropped 51 before they went to the White House to celebrate the championship, and that's where the whole you know, President Obama is doing the clowning moment. And then they go into all-star break, and he comes out, and he's on this road trip, and he's got 35, 26, 31, 23, 36. He hit 42, and then he dropped 51 in Orlando. And then, Tim, we got Steph on the podcast. Yes, after after Oscar Robertson yeah. had made his comments, he's so comfortable playing
1: outside, playing basketball, and it's, it's great to see. It's great to see someone who understands the game and, and really, really puts all his talents to use. So you look at any any good basketball team, we were talking about Golden State, who proves a terrific basketball team. Look at all the layups they get, but everyone wants to see the three point shot, and which is great. <laughs> But if you look at the their scores and see all the layoffs they get, it's almost unbelievable. Steph is
2: on the podcast talking about how irritated he is about it. And he's like literally saying it's irritating that they have to deal with this and they're constantly being questioned. So heading into this game, if this felt like a rebuttal, maybe this is hindsight, a rebuttal to all the criticism. And it might have actually fueled the 73 wins at, no, at some point. Think-
5: no question. And also, you know, remember that was the, the fat Jimmy that was Bogut tweeting that, hey, fat Jimmy is going to get some friends and he's going to beat the Warriors. You know, and 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 I think of that because Steph mentioned that on the podcast, uh, this was in their heads. It's like they they wanted to knock this down. They were they were sick of this. Uh, and this was the start, I, I think, of the real like measuring of the Warriors, the critique of the Warriors. Obviously, it went to a whole nother level when they signed Durant. But this was the start of it. This, the super villain stuff was the next season. But this is the this was where it, they they became a national referendum about them. And this game, and this season, and these moments. Well, and this really, this game became like the examination of what the Warriors were about. Are they worth it? And I think they liked that. They kind
4: of they, they kinda were motivated by it. Two two of the uh, two of the things I, I marked down. On here with Curry, at one point he had a three in like the first or second quarter, and uh, going to break, they show it, and, and Van Gundy goes, "Take that, Oscar!" So it was <laughs> really like kind of a big deal if like Van Gundy's making those kind of comments. And no then they quick. also Mark Jackson
2: like, made one too at the end. Yeah. Apologize, Oscar. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, and then at one point during, I think it was like second quarter, they show they have like a montage coming back from break, and they're showing Curry's warm up. And that's remember, that's when like the, his warm up was becoming a oh, huge sure, thing where sure. every single arena he would go to, they would just pack it out. And that's again, when we talk about how did it feel in the building, like you guys remember that season, every road game was such an event in these places. Uh, and that arena at, in that era was probably the best road arena in the league, I would say at the time, as far as environment goes, um, or, you know, at least top three, top four, um, uh, and I, I do remember that game. Not only was it just like that typical Saturday night, this is by far the biggest show in town in Oklahoma City uh, energy and like passion from the Thunder side of stuff. But I remember being like, man, I've never seen this amount of opposing fans because there was that Curry from every state in that little Midwest region. All these Curry kid fans would come. And it just created such a crazy mix. And when he'd hit shots, you would still kind of hear a buzz. And that would make the Thunder side. You know, even louder, like th- that's what made I thought the environment so good.
5: That's what I mean. Watch it on TV. I, I, I was surprised by how loud it was when step made some of those shots. Now that ended when, when Durant signed with the Warriors, they go to Oklahoma City. They were never going to hear cheers ever again. But yeah, you you hear it. You hear it on telecast and that that is and that, that is Something because they're in Oklahoma City's this huge game and they're still fans of staff and still fans of the Warriors at this game.
4: There's a whole lot of citizens in that area of the country that like the closest NBA you know, you can't kids from Kansas, kids uh even from Missouri or different parts of like upper upper Texas. Sure they can go to Mavericks games, but you know, like and that was the thing everywhere he went. I know when they go to Orlando, it's like all these kids from like different parts of Florida and that is the one game per year that they want their parents uh, to buy them and th- that to me i remember th- in the building i'm like man all these kids they weren't even just wearing steph curry sh- uh, jerseys they were wearing like under armor steph curry shorts and and steph curry shoes it was like outfits
1: and they are on their feet and there are many fans wearing number 30 for Yoland state despite the allegiance to the hometown team the usual crowd of warrior people on the road to cheer on their team
3: steph mania Um, it really reached a peak that I think would be hard to believe or I don't even know if we'll see something like that again. Um, It got to a level, and people might laugh uh, because he didn't end up with the, I guess, finals MVPs of Michael Jordan and probably won't, but it got to that level. It it was insane. It was insane to be around. I remember when we were in Boston, the Celtics had their local uh, feed uh, just show his warmups. I mean that's that's it was weird. It was totally weird. Like they don't I mean when did they do something like that? Um it became an event in of itself to the point as we're talking about. It was mentioned on the broadcast before the game that there were so many Steph fans in the arena. And man, I can understand why some of these other players, some of these other superstars were were resenting this because really nobody ever had, had this before. Not even LeBron James uh, for all his greatness and acclaim, and the Sports Illustrated cover had this thing, whatever it was, whatever alchemy that Steph had, uh, was just so powerful, and this was the peak of it. That particular road trip, especially.
2: So the game, the game starts, and immediately Oklahoma City jumps out to a big lead. I think it was a twenty to five at one point, twenty to six. Uh, Kevin Durant hits a couple shots, and. There's a little bit you can start seeing the difficulty Bogut has with Steven Adams. Uh, What what did you see? Slater, take me to what you thought at 6.02 local time in the first quarter of that game.
4: Okay, let me take it. you to eight oh four PM uh in Oklahoma City time on February 14th. um So you know, here's Barry Trav
3: Barry Trammell time. What was going on at Barry Travel Time?
4: I mean Adams is such an interesting figure in this, because as you'll see later in the game, like Adams in overtime is not even on the floor, uh, where by the time that it this rivalry had advanced to West Finals territory, Adams had emerged. Uh to who he was really in that second round when he dominated Tim Duncan. It was Tim Duncan's final series. I remember Adams in the game six clincher just like brutalized Duncan. It was Duncan's last game. Um, and coming out of that series, it was like, wow, they legitimately have like a 24 million per year type center where at this time in February, yeah, Adams is giving Bogut some trouble, but it was still like, eh, they kind of got this young guy. He's better than Kendrick Perkins, but you know, they're at their best when they go a Baca at center. And you can still argue they were, but, um, You know, you. I know Robertson hit a couple threes early in the game, but I mean they came out hot in that building, which was always going to happen. But again, as we'll get to, it's more about keeping leads than getting leads.
2: You know, Tim, what we saw, and it really is a contrast to now. Like in the second quarter of that game, like Steph gets going, he hits a few threes, he kind of like steadies the ship. And remember, that was at a time where it was like they're never gonna lose because Steph is gonna make sure they're in the game, right? And mm-hmm. it's such a contrast to this year where, like, Steph can't even seem to stop the ties, right? Like that 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 Phoenix wow. game, right? Like we're just yeah. like, oh man, it was just it's such a contrast watching that era where it was like, oh, of course Steph's gonna bring him back.
5: Yeah, and it was different. Obviously, different supporting cast. So obviously. Uh, A a lot of new defenses are are playing him differently now than they were back then. And he was an incredible, you know, he was at a level there that I just don't think he's ever going to reach again. I don't think anyone's going to reach again in just dynamic ability from beyond the arc and in between. Uh, I I was just struck watching this again at how the game got out of hand early. It felt like a blowout. Then the first wave of subs comes in and the Warriors get Iguodala in and he goes four for four in the first quarter. Uh, you know nothing fancy, nothing like you know. I don't think there was a three in there, but it just was this reliable. The ground shaking Durant hits a three. This could go bad, and it's Iguodala ends up with the ball and drives the basket, gets a layup. You know, Iguodala makes a defensive play, and it settles it down. And he you was. You saying a, that, City didn't effect. have
2: somebody
4: like that? You saying uh, they City probably didn't have a the, mess?
5: Kyle, Kyle Singler was not the. The Kyle Singler and Deion Waiters might not have been the answer. The, but, the, the fatal. Boy.
4: The fatal flaw of the uh, Thunder uh, non-Dynasty, right? You went from James Harden to Kevin Martin to Reggie Jackson to De- on Waiters to Kyle Singler. I mean, it's they just kept decreasing <laughs> the ability of that bench. Um, and it caught up to them. And, I mean, this is a perfect example. I mean, they really just had four guys who could survive. They're trying to fit Waiters in there. Singler ends up coming in for Duran and OT, like – it's you can't give Kyle Ziegler 23 minutes in this game and survive. <laughs> sure
6: you can. Uh, can you Steph, almost Steph, won. Did,
4: Steph yeah, Steph didn't mind it though. <laughs> he didn't mind getting
5: Singler on a couple of switches. The
4: biggest shots of the game, like that aren't the biggest shot of the game, are you know, Singler on a switch, right? And that was that was the defensive small forward they had. They would have loved to play Anthony Moro because he could shoot it way better than Singler. And often against other teams that didn't have Steph Curry, they would play Moro. But imagine what he, you know. Singler was supposed to be the guy that you know could kind of stick with those guys, but again, it really should have been James Harden if we really want to go back to it.
5: Obviously, a huge game, Draymond, all Iguodala I mentioned, but they started. The Warriors start the second quarter. This I I, I pretty much was their second quarter unit: Iguodala, Livingston, Verajal, Barbosa, and Barnes. That, no Steph, no Clay. This is a seventy three win team. My no God. Draymond. <laughs> no Draymond. Yeah, no Draymond, no Steph, no Clay. That's how they start. And you know what? That unit goes 10-6, plus four. Uh, Kerr got away with stuff like that. He just did for those first couple years of the dynasty.
2: Strength in numbers! Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> Ethan wrote, uh, Steph's first seven threes were defended by, in order, Kevin Durant, Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, Stephen Adams, Enos Cantor, Dion Waiters, and Kyle Singler. Good
4: details, Strauss. Wow. Good game true story true? detail. The the one over Adams was ridiculous. Yep, that was the twenty eight footer, right? Yeah, I think that was the take that Oscar
1: one. Curry long distance puts it in. Stephen Curry with another three pointer, his fourth, and it's a one point game. When you switch, you got to know who you are guarding. So Curry gives it up. Abaka goes under. Too much airspace. Corner three, and this is good defense by. Stephen Adams, there's nothing you can do. Oscar,
6: take note.
5: <laughs> With Adams in his face. Like he shot it over a seven footer in his face. Yeah. Third.
6: Right.
3: In, in my memory, and maybe he only hit so many threes over Adams. He took a blowtorch to Adams' face. In my memory <laughs> of the game, watching it again, and I think that maybe why that's maybe why Adams got benched later on Um, it was because of well, that. he got uh, the, he he because the of
5: the and also the Warriors went small for the put in yeah. the you know, last 6 of the of, of the fourth quarter and all of overtime yeah. so I think that that, kind well, of that got gotten that's what the Warriors that probably did have more to, to teams. do with they,
4: it. Uh, yeah. that's what that's what this Warriors team did to teams they made them have to make those uncomfortable decisions where Steven Adams is 10 times the player Kyle Singler is but they're subbing in Kyle Singler at the most important moments and leaving Steven Adams on the bench but that's i mean the death lineup right counterpoint
3: counterpoint not to defend Kyle Singler but Oh no. I I do I do think from the Warriors perspective this is what happens when you have Russell Westbrook. This isn't just about Presti not finding the right guys or developing the right guys. A lot of this is the point guard eats too much of the ball, too many possessions, doesn't shoot well enough and then you'll have a situation where a Victor Oladipo is just hiding in plain sight and then it turns out that he's a star when he goes to Indiana. Now, I think that there's a fair argument that that's somewhat true, it's certainly something that people within the Warriors think. For whatever reason, the Warriors, as just an organization, have had this odd thing with Westbrook, as though he is the antithesis of what they want to do. Um, And, you know, in in fairness to them, Westbrook's always been really bad against this Warriors-era team, and to the point of tainting my view of him as a player.
5: Well, there was a player who had a real... choice to make in this right after this season does he want to play with Westbrook or does he want to play with Curry <laughs> and that yeah. person decided not to play with Westbrook and decided to play with Curry but
2: Slater you were saying we've talked about this a lot you were you you think it's more of a Warriors matchup thing right
4: well they're just smart the Warriors are such a smart team and um I think there was a knowledge that a biggest strength can be a biggest weakness what's Russell Westbrook's largest nba strength is just the ferocious belief in himself he shouldn't have been as good as he was he worked like crazy uh but he looks at guys like curry um which i I know a lot of point guards do but like it's like i am physically better than him so i should be better than him um oh he just hit three threes i'm gonna match him um and i think the warriors more than maybe you know the clippers when westbrook had his series where he dominated chris paul or the spurs even a smart team but Parker couldn't kind of do it like Curry could but yeah. um you know Westbrook they they would use Westbrook's um competitiveness and you know Marcus we've talked about it in the past of like you know hey Steph if you hit a three up right in Westbrook's face like tap him on the butt cuz you know that means Westbrook's going give me the ball right now and he's coming <laughs> up the court and he's gonna jack because and, and again what do he he, want, he goes oh for six from three in this game uh you know and yeah. meanwhile Kevin Durant sitting over there getting increasingly frustrated uh by after every big loss. And, um, you know, it's why they all wanted Russ on their side. It's why that fan base is just adores him even to this day is because he's, he truly views it as I'm going to war. Um, but it was his fatal flaw really, as far as titles go.
3: Schematically, the Warriors had something for him and in a way. The strategy of the NBA made things harder for Russell Westbrook that when there there was a traditional way to play pick and roll defense, Um, And that went out the window when the Warriors had this team of long rangey guys who switched. And, hey, it only works if you have the guys to do it. But that was a real problem for Westbrook. He just kept running into a regenerating wall again and again and again against this particular team. And then the style got more popular. Now, the Rockets, I think, found a way to use him almost like a center with just incredible spacing, um And so, you know, he's maintained. But I think that as far as his efficiency and his ability to dominate a playoff series, that was a shift in his career. And I do think, as you mentioned, it is underrated that he crushed Chris Paul in a playoff series. I do think that's something, if we are having the... Argument or having the discussion of where Russell Westbrook ranks—that is something we should probably mention in Tony the end Parker of it all. Too, and Tony Parker, and, and yet I am tainted because I covered the Warriors during this era, and all I saw again and again and again was—they always
2: called their shot on Westbrook, and ended up oh, right every time. I
3: just—I saw again and again and again uh, Westbrook as the road runner to Steph Curry's wily coyote,
4: is what I saw. They—they they just forced him into those just overconfident shots and turnovers. Uh, more. Than oh wait, I I, I I
3: flipped that. Sorry, A very important correction. Steph Curry, the Roadrunner. Russell Westbrook, was Wiley, Wiley got Coyote. We gotta yeah, let you right.
4: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. You were saying it, Anthony. What What also gets lost in this? Like Durant made big mistakes against the Warriors too. Durant. If you. Oh, look we're at, gonna get to his big one. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> we'll talk about the ones he made in this game. But go back to Game Six, uh, which is literally the by far the most crushing loss in that you entire mean go franchise's to history. Game Go yeah, forward go forward to Game yourself. Six. Uh, Durant has, I think, two or three bad turnovers in that fourth quarter meltdown. Maybe it was ill time, maybe it was unfortunate, but they—I mean—they both probably would share equal blame in a lot of these late game meltdowns.
2: And then TK. So mm-hmm. we, T, me and TK, we didn't travel, right? We were columnists. Like it, it takes something big to get us to travel, right? And even bigger we were, than this game. Even bigger, right? And but you know, there is a moment like you know. Uh, it's 2016, we're still at the newspaper where you know we were like committed to being all over words coverage and it's like there's a moment where right, it's, it's time to call each other and chat about how we're going to approach this and that moment came at halftime
6: while Steph Curry's back in the locker room now being checked out I can tell you about a very emotional locker room at halftime one of the players went on a profanity laced tirade, I did not hear what precipitated it But he was yelling so loudly that I could hear everything that he was saying. I think you heard a little bit of it as well, Mike. Uh, I think that it was Draymond Green. The indications that I've gotten from other players is that it was Draymond Green. He was yelling and screaming, I am not a robot. I know I can play. You have me messed up right now. If you don't want me to shoot, I won't shoot the rest of the game. Uh, At one point, people were trying to get him to sit down from what I could hear. And he was daring people, threatening people, come sit me down it then got very quiet i will try to find out more about what happened but mike you heard it as well as i did i have never heard anything like that coming from any kind of professional locker room i know that players disagree but that was very loud uh and there was a lot of swearing going on
5: the moment happened at halftime. we didn't hear about it till at third quarter uh, when Lisa Salters just starts, oh, yeah, oh, by the way, uh, I was just outside the locker room and there was somebody screaming and it was really the one the loudest things I've ever heard. And it probably was Draymond Green. And uh, that one was uh, awake. It was like, whoa, what is in the middle of this huge game? Historic basketball team. Uh, this, this incredible things are happening. And then this she just drops it. And then. After that, Marcus, what happens after that report? Uh, Russell Westbrook Curry tries to break
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. break steps. Wait, yeah. wait, before you go into that, you know, when yeah. I like watching it again, you know what was weird? Didn't Lisa Salters just sound like uh, like she was clutching her pearls? Like, it was like <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. it was so loud and there was cursing. And it was yeah. like, oh, yeah. ah, that's <laughs> Draymond, right? At first it was yeah. like, of course, it's Draymond. It just sounded like she was just so offended. Uh, I, she it, turned out to be right and it was yeah. a big yeah. deal. But her oh, yeah. report sounded like, "Oh, and it was loud, and there was a lot of profanity." Mike, right? <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, well, "Okay, I, that's Draymond."
3: It, it's hard to convey, I guess, the emotionality of a situation without specifics. But whatever was happening in there was powerful enough that uh, the security was rushing into the room. I can't the remember. Po-po. The sec- yeah, it was rushing <laughs> wow. in there. Yeah. Um. So whatever was happening was really intense, and maybe you know, maybe some players would say, "Yeah, that was unusual." But these kinds of things happen. We just shield the public from it. I do think there's something, with the NBA especially, that it's sold as something that's a lot more cuddly and fluffy than what it actually is. I mean, these are guys at the top of competition. It is Darwinian. It is red of tooth and claw. And it is also marketed as fun. (laughs) It's fun. They're just having fun out there. And it gets pretty intense behind the scenes. I do think that I do remember... I think I asked Steve Kerr after the game if what happened was unusual or just something that tends to happen in the locker room. And he very curtly said, "No, it's, that that
2: wasn't a usual thing."
3: <laughs>
4: he said, yeah. so. "No, I it was like even know when know all, of,
2: yeah. all of all yeah. of we know that was still far and away mo- yeah. more than what is normal." Hey, yeah, it wasn't I mean- even
4: Draymond's most famous in team blow-up. Come
2: on, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that- I mean, wow. Yeah, can you rank them? I was just thinking yeah, about no. them. Those the would be one and
4: two. Those would be one and two.
5: Oh, is Those that be gonna one be and an
3: athletic- I mean, that's you know, he- it might piss him off, but there'd be a funny athletic uh, athletic ranking of okay. you You've got the uh, you've got the the Clippers uh, Clippers KD night, you've got the crazy Steve Kerr thing, you've got the punching LeBron. I mean punching LeBron um, in the James might be a little bit higher in the ranking if we're just doing full blow-ups in the magnitude. Um it's it's been quite a it's been quite a career. Um, and all the while underrated, brilliant brilliant defensively in this game i mean yep. just ridiculous
4: and Was it six six steals four blocks something like that
1: he's up backing in knocked away by green dives on it you back in sets the screen on curry westbrook sidestep rejected by green hunter taken away by green a hit to curry back to back stellar defensive plays by draymond green also protecting that paint area giving multiple effort on a defensive end. Well, we don't know about the explosion in the locker room at halftime, but it certainly, whatever happened, it's ignited Green defensively. Durant finds Adams. Adams blocked by Draymond Green. What a rejection from Green. And then Adams touched it while he was out of bounds. Fantastic defensive play.
3: Yeah, I mean, after halftime, Man, he comes out always there.
2: jumping ahead like what's the matter with you You're i can't help it about... it's how my brain yeah. works it just TK, goes
3: it what just were you goes. Saying? come what on it's not even say, that TK? far TK? ahead that's no, not that I, far ahead that's right where we I, are i just
5: going to say that i mean when we were talking oh these things happen I, I the warriors players didn't approach it like that like they knew i mean staff of all people was saying this like grandma went over the line and they knew it they they all knew it and I mean, Draymond was ready. I I guess he was ready to fight Kerr or Kerr was ready to fight him or they were ready to fight each other. And it almost happened in that moment. And that's a big deal. Uh, You know, we have a lot of moments now with with Draymond. He's been suspended. He's been, you know, he's been suspended for a finals game. Uh, But I think this one was the one that everyone in the locker room was like, whoa, and it was building, you know, it was Draymond had – Played very well and shot very well and very freely when Steve was out. That's a you know, that's a big factor. Another yeah. thing, like we talk about the things that were going on into this game. Steve had just been back for a month uh, from missing forty three games when they obviously played were thirty nine and four with Luke Walton. And that's Draymond's guy. Uh, whether exactly what Luke was telling him, I don't know. But Draymond was shooting it great. What was it, thirty four percent from three that season? Thirty five. I mean, some some number that's just thirty seven. Like, impossible right now. Like, you couldn't
3: imagine him doing that now. And it didn't but, look like a player coach situation. It looked like yeah. Draymond had authority over Luke Walton. And maybe that's unfair, <laughs> but just. Being I don't think it was. It, I don't think it's unfair. No, I, yeah. I remember yeah, we a, were in it was di- assistant co- Yeah, assistant coach who's we, now we, the interim coach. Yeah, it's, it's different I, I remember we were in Michigan and um, we were doing media availability. I think it was in an article, uh, but we were doing media availability and Luke does, you know, the coach does media availability. That's how it works at a practice, and uh, he starts talking and doing it, and then Draymond, kind of in the middle, early to middle, just basically says, like, hey, Luke, you know, like, get over here, because Luke's also his rebounder, and... Effectively, Luke has to stop the press conference and goes over to rebound for Draymond. And I was just—I've never seen anything like that with the coach. It <laughs> like who's who's running things here. Draymond liked that situation, and yes, they he liked it games. quite a bit. Yeah. He, and they he, won a lot of liked, games. And, yeah, and and he, I think, you know, sadly for. Sadly for Kerr and for maybe the Warriors' as a copacetic operation, there was always tension there. But Draymond got proof of concept that he didn't need Steve. And if anything, maybe Steve was making him worse. And that was combustible. And it's weird that it didn't really, I think, ever seem to undermine this dynasty in a way. I mean, a Draymond blow-up with LeBron did, but... Um,
4: and I think somebody- that's a credit to Steve. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, because like we talk about the Durant Draymond situation, and the reality is, the subject Draymond went after, he shouldn't have gone after like that because of how the subject was going to react. Whereas, and
2: their defense was, "Hey, he did it to Steve. Well, I'm different, right?" Like, I yeah. mean that's literally what his what his stance was. S-
4: Steve was just older, veteran, wily enough to know, like, like ha- he needed to make sure the relationship was decent enough to make sure they kept kept
5: winning and Kurt is the guy who punched Michael Jordan too so or been punched by Michael Jordan or, or they exchanged punches with Michael Jordan so that you know there's a combustibility with him too maybe they had to do this and I'll just say hey it's hard to tell how that all led up to exactly but Draymond played a hell of a second half I mean it wasn't like he got kicked off the team he, he Kurt played him I don't think there was a a doubt in his mind that he was going to play him and Draymond played great in the second half. You know, that, that's the dynamic is like getting in each other's faces. Although I don't think they've done it recently. They had someone else there who could kind of be the, be the torch, but they kept playing and they kept playing all the way through that season. They kept playing, you know, this is, this is just that dynamic with those two uh, maybe calm down a little bit, but uh, was it you know, really it,
2: about shooting though? Cause uh, there was a play in, in this game where like, Draymond is waiting for the pass from Clay. gets a little irritated. Clay didn't give him the ball. Clay gives him the ball, and Draymond shoots the three. And you can see, see Steve on the bench going like, what is he doing? He throws his arms up. And we know from the reports about what happened in the locker room, he's saying, I'm not a robot. If you don't want me to shoot, I won't shoot. But uh, is this really about shooting? Like what, about shots and three-pointers?
4: Draymond hadn't yet been humbled, right? Because the finals later that year would kind of like show him that he could cross a line that could really kind of ruin something good. Um, this was probably as riding high as he's ever been in his career, right? I yeah. mean, it was such a rapid rise for the Warriors to the title, to the twenty four and zero start, to the hey Draymond, you're defensive player of the year, you're awesome. He hadn't like I, you guys would know better than me because again, I covered the Thunder up through this season, but it seemed like it seemed like that Finals meltdown every you know whatever happened kind of probably introduce him to the fact that he wasn't always right in the NBA
5: world I say I mean I, th- I think Draymond always thinks he's right I don't know that I think Durant coming over changed a lot of stuff you know it just changed the way everyone kind of looked at things uh I don't know that the final suspension like listen if he doesn't get suspended and they win the finals they don't get Durant so everything changes you know there's in in and. and, and Barnes is is your starting small forward for the next three, four years for the, for the Warriors. So uh, it, it's, there's a lot of, I, I don't know that Draymond's changed that much. He's gotten, you know, he's matured that he's knows he's with staff, you know, and I think staff is the one who like had to like kind of rein him in a little bit, Um in this moment, because Steph is the one who went public with it. And, and like, is, does Draymond, I think Draymond did have to make it like, do I want to have Steph be pissed at me? You know, do I want to be with Steph? And I think he said, yeah, I, I want to be with Steph. And I understand Steph's leader, leadership. And if Steph is going to follow Kerr, then then at some point, Draymond's got to follow him too.
3: I think he's not as hot-headed. I mean, there's this fallacy that people just change completely. I don't think people change completely. They might change by 10% or 20%. I think Draymond, became a father, and he changed by that 10 or 20, and he's not as uh, hot-headed. But that back then, it was, it was like the beginning of one of those behind-the-musics where he was just riding high completely, as Slater was saying. He had never gotten—I mean, he went from uh, the fringes to worldwide stardom and a very particular kind of it where he wasn't a superstar, but he was considered the best at what he was doing and he was a big personality he was the best quote by far I mean he's still a great quote
2: but and he's was, the type I mean, who's like I'm getting all of this right like, <laughs> like bring all of it my way because I probably wasn't supposed to get any of it you
4: know what else he was better too I mean we watched the game and he's flying in for Steven blocks on Stephen Adams at the rim and he's just athletically was at a better place and like to me that kind of adds to the confidence level when we talk about being humbled like What did this past regular season probably do to him on a court, too?
3: I'm getting annoyed with how his recent play is affecting the historical memory of him in real time. And I think it's fair to say that he fell off if people want to say it. But there is this argument that he's been exposed because the talent around isn't as good as it was, as though he was... No, he was great. He was the best defensive player of his era and one of the greatest defensive players Of all time. Of all time. We saw it consistently. It was ridiculous. Just thinking faster than everybody out there. Covering every position. Switching one through five. Just a revolutionary defensive player. And you saw it in this game. And you saw it after the blow up where just immediately in that third quarter, he's making he's just he's just making impact defensive plays and he's blocking he's blocking Kevin Durant's shot. He's blocking his jump shot. Um he he might, you know, not have the kind of longer peak that but some man, great his offensive height
2: players was do. High. Yeah. His yeah. height is whew, yeah. he was yes. he was incredible. And the 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 most insane part, the part I think gets missed is that the dude is six five with no shoes on and when yeah. when you needed him to, he was the biggest player out there like these guys are so much bigger than him and he's in there getting every rebound and he's in there battling and they they literally banked on it like to the point where they didn't even spend money on centers cuz they were like yo and we know who our center is when we need him and that's that's kind of crazy
5: he was a center in that game i mean their centers were were bad i mean bogut and verjel Weren't really playable in this game, although they they played minutes and it and yeah. they were they're getting destroyed on the boards, and Kerr basically just said, "Hey, forget about it. I'll just go small for a long period." He had to. By the way, we talked about all of Draymond's defense. He was he let him in assists for how many years in a row, too. I mean, yeah. it, in this it, game, it, it,
4: fourteen rebounds, fourteen assists.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that so. is a magnificent play. He scores two points, no baskets, uh, misses free throws, but still, it it it, it has a just as a control of, the of that game, decision makers.
3: you one, can't.
2: One of the quick- you don't see dudes, and I actually believe it or not. The funny part with him and Barkley is Barkley is probably the last one you could see doing it at that like undersized but just really be a bully on one end and then just go run a break. Like it just yeah. doesn't happen. Like dudes who are that mentally tough and physical and and in the mix don't just flip a switch and become a guard. Like that's just yeah. not Le- how Lebron. works.
5: LeBron's, LeBron's <laughs> another one. LeBron's another one, yeah. But LeBron's yeah, like 6'8", right. six, six, yeah, you know, he's yeah, a freak,
2: yeah. right? But yeah, those yeah. undersized, really shouldn't be down there type of guys, like he, the way he used to do that was insane. Like the amount of heart that he – and like fire that he played with and that kind of would make a seven-footer look small was just – it's one of the things that I think kind of gets overlooked. But here, here's what I want to ask you guys. How many of you – Raise your hand if you're with me and you thought the season was over when Russell Westbrook landed on Steph's ankle.
1: Green was daring Robertson to shoot Durant, throws it away, stolen by Curry. Fourth in the league and steals. Finds Barnes. Barnes up and in. And Curry a little shaken up, slow to get up. He's actually telling them to foul right now. He's hurt right now as Westbrook is fouled looked like Westbrook landed on a little bit actually did.
3: Yeah, it's it felt like oh my god, it just ended because Well, he definite, he like yeah.
4: slapped the floor and was like foul, yeah. foul. Like that's yeah. usually like, oh. He didn't even try to get up. Yeah, he didn't no, even
2: try no. to get up. That's what I was like,
5: oh. He didn't even feel for the ankle. He just went, that's it. I I I got to come out here, uh and obviously with the, the the games he'd missed with the ankles before, um yeah, you, it's just that on top of the Draymond thing. I just that's what I remember. It was like, what else can they say? Is Kurgan, you know, is to leave the game? Is you know, is, what else is going to go on here? Because it kept on piling and piling. And then, yeah, then Steph walks off the court limping. He's out of the game for like eight game minutes, you know, probably 20, 25 real time minutes. Um, I don't know if I was thinking this is the end, I was thinking. This is really ridiculously dramatic, and either one of these things—the Draymond thing or the Steph thing—could be the end. And then added together, what in the world? It's like a you know a nuclear bomb
4: just went off. Well, not only that, like you just take your mind from. Let's say it's nine p.m. when that happens, and the Thunder's up ten at the time. They're completely outplaying the Warriors, even with Steph being as awesome as he had been. Steph, who has been so good, goes out with what clearly. Probably seems like a month-long injury, but definitely he's knocking him out the rest of the night. The thunder's up, like I said, ten, eleven at the time. Like, that game is over. And to then take your mind, you know, wherever we go, one hour of actual real time later, and he's hitting his twelfth 3 which is one of the greatest <laughs> shots ever. Like, that, I think, I think that's what gets lost in how good of a shot that was, was like, he literally was going to be out for like weeks in everybody's mind like so recently like an hour early and he missed he missed one game he
2: didn't play the next night in in atlanta but that that's that was pretty much it the game changed as you talked about oklahoma city controlled the game but clay really woke up in that third quarter
1: curry out to thompson three-pointer bang one-point game thompson's first three of the night green backdoor thompson reverse layup banks it in and a foul Oh, Thompson got hit in the head, and he can tie the game at the free throw line. And then it became
2: what we've seen a million times, right? TK Stephen Clay is making threes, yep. and everybody else yep. scrambling. And while Kevin Durant was seemed to be game for it, uh, somebody else wasn't.
5: <laughs> yeah, Wesley yeah, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I don't know if he made a shot, uh, like in let's say the last quarter and a half of that game and the Warriors played it they played it you know that's what they wanted they wanted Westbrook with the ball in his hands they didn't want it with Durant now Durant didn't play great at the end either uh he was turning the ball over he made a shot or two but he was fouling too I mean that's like those fouls started to pile up with Durant and it would become faithful <laughs> obviously uh, as the game went on. Uh, and again, it's some sloppiness there. Like the, the like, there's one turnover I think in the fourth quarter. He just passed it. To, I forget, it was to it would all, I think he's like threw it to him. Uh, the, these are issues, and, and that they had been for years Yeah, it wasn't all Westbrook. Yeah, it was. It was Durant too. Uh, and by the way, Oklahoma City was clanking free throws. They were missing free throws throughout that game. Uh, you, these little things that kept building and building it's just exactly the stuff that the Warriors used every time that season until game seven of the finals but it's just like just these little even if they weren't playing great even if there weren't moments they looked great then Clay makes a couple shots and then Steph goes comes back in by the way there's Steph in a three and a three and a two and a three they just opened up these little little spaces and Durant and Westbrook didn't play great in the second half. And then here come the Warriors, and I, this this game might be the classic moment of that.
4: You know what's interesting about Clay, though. You know we mentioned he hit a couple big shots here and there. He, you talk to the Thunder fan base, like he is the most feared of the Warriors, uh, as far as like, especially or, now, right? He's, he's <laughs> yes, yes. He he has scarred him that that fan base the most. Like you you mentioned names, it's like Draymond. They're like, oh, you know, I hate Draymond or Steph. Like, oh wow, what a player. They secretly kind of love Steph, yeah. Yeah, yeah. KD's like, okay, obviously that, that has its own history, but Clay, it's like, it's a respect level, but it's like a Like when Clay hits a shot in that building, you can hear that crowd go, Oh no. Because he's like 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 the weather. Clay
5: has the ball and he's about to shoot. You hear the intake of breath. It's it's because Clay's like the
3: weather. There's no rhyme or reason for when it happens. It's, it's, I mean, Steph, you can play him this way or that way. You know, you play him this way, he's going to pass it off and they're going to do the four on three. Um, Clay, it's just he's on or he's not on. And yeah, if you do a really bad job like the Kings um, in that 37-point uh, quarter, uh, that that's one thing. But everybody can be playing perfect defense, and he just, for whatever reason, woke up, um, somewhat literally, and is just raining. And I think that's probably, that's what you fear, is that he heats up, there's no telling when it's going to happen, and when it does happen, it can just overwhelm everything, and there's no
4: defense for it. And it could forever alter your franchise, as it did. I mean, like he 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 just changed the course of the Thunder's history. With, I, don't with think he, of- I
3: don't think he did. By the way, I mean, I might. I'm in the minority on this. And uh, hey, I mean, I, I would never want to say something that Kevin Durant would disagree with. I would never want to say something that oh, you're saying about he was Kevin Durant anyway. We're that's what, that's what I think. That's what I think.
4: Yeah. Even if he's coming anyways, what if the Thunder just have a title? You know, because if Clay doesn't yeah. do that don't yeah, yeah. Thunder yeah, win that series a, and they might a win difference. a title yeah that's
2: a,
3: a raptors a raptors title
4: <laughs> so
2: uh the the thunder are up 11 with 451 left in the I'd game i 11
4: about that that's yeah. crazy
2: and
3: then they, they go were this up about massive... that much
4: in game six too it, you know yeah. like this is like we talked about foreshadowing earlier this is like this different version of the same game
2: so thunders offense falls apart they don't score for like four plus minutes and it's a it's still a four point game with 113 left clay hits a three durant actually answers with a three
1: about a 12 second difference shot clock game clock Robertson back up top to westbrook Durant on the drive ibaka back out Durant for three bang Kevin Durant continuing to be spectacular all night long. Just a little bit of help, giving them air space. There's a price to pay. KD, Mama. There goes that man.
2: And at that point, Slater's writing his game story. Fourteen point five seconds left. The crowd's going crazy. And I got Oklahoma
4: in deadlines too, so I'm definitely. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I'm you're you're totally
2: board. cranking this out. Yeah. Durant <laughs> hits the game winner, beats the Warriors on a Saturday night game. It's all happening. And then it just unravels in like crazy fashion.
3: I think the little hint of foreshadowing while it unravels is late in the fourth quarter when KD draws a foul, some of the rare speck of offense that the Thunder were getting. He draws a foul on Andre and along the sideline, Kerr is smiling and bantering with KD. And I would have thought that, you know, Kerr in that moment would be, upset or upset about the call, but he's charming him. And you can see the uh, you can see the wooing process happening even in this game as a little subplot of the foreshadow. and I think that is a big part of why this game is remembered as one of the greatest, regular season games of all time. It's not just that Steph hits that shot, it's that it's so full of meaning. Um
4: and as we're saying, well if you foreshadow. know it comes later. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah, yeah like, after like know, yeah. W- I it's funny you say that just because again, I was kinda on the other side of it. I remember w- when I see KD hit that three that again, like you said, pretty much he celebrated the game. like he's he celebrating yeah. and he's going sure. back to the bench and you can see Canner and you know all that whole team was like, Yeah, like, you know, we got you guys think Steph's the best player in this court. Well, we got the best player on the court we were going to war with him and you can just you watch that and you're like you can understand why they were just such a heartbroken team when he left because it was like he, he was their cheat code and he went to but the he other grabbed team grabbed his
2: jersey and was showing it off like
4: oklahoma city i rep okc right well, like when he i mean shot, that's I a whole nother thing that city thought he was you know the adopted uh Super child. So. so then
2: TK, TK, uh, Clay gets a figure. They don't go for three, believe it or not. Oddly enough, this is crazy. 14 seconds left. They don't go for three. Clay goes to the basket, right? Yep, yep. And they, they go for the trap. And Durant just. The Adams trap. Durant just completely panics. He just panics. He did not call a timeout or anything. He just panics. And they had one.
3: Katie is maybe. I mean, the most perfect basketball player I've ever seen. But one strange mini flaw is that he sometimes just throws off his back foot like a quarterback. who throws interceptions. He just he goes off his back foot and fades. And in this case, just threw it up for grabs.
4: Like he's not the one that should be shooting the
5: free throws. Yeah, exactly. You could get fouled there if you're Durant. You swing your arms a couple of times, you get fouled. He just didn't want to have the ball there. Uh, And just throws it wildly down court,
1: and there's just a scramble at that point. Green and Durant chatting to each other as is about to inbound. Ibaka guards the inbound. Thompson drives to the hoop, lays it in quickly. Still 11.8 remaining. Double teaming Durant trying to stop him, throws it up. Deflected by Thompson. Green trying to save it, and he does. Ahead to Iguodala. Iguodala puts it up. No, a whistle in the back a foul is called The Godana will go to the line for two free throws with a chance to tie it and the action
2: come right to you guys on the court side your court side Oklahoma which, City. which
4: by the way, Strauss is wearing headphones, I, I saw it on the broadcast, why are you wearing yes. headphones man embrace the environment he's, he thought the game was over, he was right in his bars nah, he was just wearing headphones all
2: game
3: yeah, you know full well I always wear headphones I mean, <laughs> I'm never not wearing he was I mean, talking to
2: Allie on the phone he was Talk oh, it was again. oddly <laughs> quiet in the building that
3: night. <laughs> 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 no, you can still hear the noise. I mean, look. You know, Zach Lowe once asked me about it on a on a podcast because he saw it on a broadcast about the headphones, and a lot of it is Franco Finn. I got in the habit of it because of Franco Finn, mm. uh, <laughs> where I just needed some sort of bulwark against the noise. And then I realized that, okay, I'm on the road. There's a cumulative effect of all of the noise when you're going to so many games. And in that situation with the Warriors, it was I mean, anybody who was on it, it was physically draining. It was crazy. It was crazy to be on the beat for that season with that amount of energy surrounding the team. So I just used it as a way to kind of subtract from 20%. And you would still get a sense of just relative what it was in the building. But that play off of the scramble was the most spectacular play I've ever seen Courtside, not the Steph three. I mean, obviously that was awesome. Obviously that was cool. But I think one of the reasons that the Draymond scramble um, isn't really cited too much when he saves the when he saves the ball from going out of bounds is because his, the view of him and the camera is kind of obstructed. Um, he's behind another player, so you don't see. But I don't know if you remember it, Anthony, sitting there. The ball gets batted, I think, by Clay. It's going out of bounds. Draymond turns and slips, and at that moment, I'm just like, uh, it's impossible. You can't save that ball. I don't know how he—he's just got some crazy— just crazy energy. He's just Draymond was like uh, one of those pass rushers where you knock him down and he just crawls. He just crawls like Bosa to the quarterback. He somehow redirected himself and he was doesn't coming get right him, at us.
2: And Patrick Mahomes runs up the middle, yeah. completes the <laughs> pass. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, that's
3: you know if we're gonna make this you know we're gonna make this a no, podcast. You know, if we're gonna make the podca- <laughs> but but that I don't do you remember that? I just remember him running straight at us thinking there's no way. And not only does he save it, but he doesn't even fall down saving it that was just insane yeah. to see up close. you know what
4: impresses me about the play particularly in rewatches like the patience that he shows but really the whole warrior show in this play where you know usually in a situation like that where it's a scramble like most guys would be like I don't know if there's one second on the clock I don't know if there's seven seconds on the clock and you're probably just trying to like almost throw a desperation heave back towards the hoop that you're trying to score at but he throws it you know because it was the smart place to throw the pass he throws it pretty deep in his own backcourt, which wouldn't, you know, it makes it more challenging to kind of complete the play, but it was the smart play. And, you know, Tim, I know you talked about this, but, and then Iguodala pump faking, like nobody's, usually people are just chucking stuff up. And it was like the patience of the, how the entire play manifests shows to me, the difference in the two teams where, what, why did the Thunder turn it over? They panicked. Durant's in the corner; he's panicking. Waiters is running up the court, just doing panicky things. Yeah, what was Waiters doing?
3: <laughs> I will say, as a counterpoint, uh, the the Warriors did some pretty panicky things in Game Seven of the that Finals, uh, with uh, Harrison Barnes like intentionally fouling, and, and yeah, but not this play. Yeah, between those two, yeah, yeah. They, they Ethan, skip, Ethan skipping ahead, skipping ahead, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, skipping, it's, a, skipping ahead. all right. All right ahead. Let me ask
5: you
2: this. Let me ask you this. How much money? Would you have put on Igadala making both free throws?
3: About lot, as much money as Scott gonna... <laughs> Foster
4: calling that foul. I mean, <laughs> you you skipped over yeah, the... that that
3: Larry Johnson four point play esque foul that that Andre.
5: Yeah, earned. yeah. Let's let's go back on that. Like so I I I can't believe that Andre did the pump fake because normally you wouldn't want to take the free it. throws. Yeah, yeah You'd want to shoot it so you don't, or you pass it. I remember going like, "Where's Steph? Get the ball to Steph." Uh, but he took the pump fake, so that gets durant into him and he gets the foul from scott foster especially and so since he has to did, take the free he make,
2: did he make two game winners that year too he made two yeah, game yeah, winners I think that he did.
3: year. yeah so. yeah yeah so like this i don't is but- the genius of th- there are guys who are bad at free throws i think because they're nervous and there are guys who are bad at free throws because they're just not good at free throws andre i think is in the latter category i don't think andre cares he wants to win. He wants to win the game. But he was the guy of all of them who cared the least about 73 wins. He doesn't care. It makes him great in these moments. He wants to play well. He wants. He's a basketball purist. He wants them all playing the right way. But I think one of the reasons why he might pump fake in that situation is he's not like Rajon Rondo. It's like, okay, I'll go to the line. If I miss it and we lose, whatever. I mean, that's his mentality, and it really helps It's also, right by now. the way, it's all you guys think I'm going to miss, right? You all think I'm going oh, no. to that's Andre,
5: yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and so that makes him a better free throw shooter. And these were not roll around the rims and off the backboard and in free throws. They, were they weren't they close to missing, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were perfect <laughs> swishes. I don't know that he, he he did that all season or his entire Warriors career where he makes two swishes on two free throws. He's always like a 64% free throw shooter or something like that, 65, 66. Uh, that was a huge moment. I, I did not think he was going to make... T- those to no chance. And he made them in everybody's face. And that's what I think it's, it's, it was like, yeah, I'm going to show you, you and do the thing you think I'm not going to do. I'm going to make these two – I'm not, not going to take the shot, draw the foul, get Scott Foster to call for me, and Warriors fans, when you complain about <laughs> Scott Foster. The disrespect
2: of first. Andre Iguodala, y'all sure, right now is insane. Yeah. He's the finals MVP. <laughs> he him, he, he made hit made game-winning him, yeah. threes at you. He won a playoff series in Philly at the three-throw line. Is, but this is, but is not what not he does. not showing
3: disrespect. It is what he does, but I think it's what he does in part. Nah, because I didn't, he's I didn't not think so he was going to make
2: things at all, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> I think
3: it comes, but I think it comes from a place of security. I think it comes from a place of not being so results focused as some other guys are and not worrying as much about, I don't know, what's going to be said about him on first take or whatever. I think that helps him. And it is a very similar thing plays out when he hits that game winner in the finals last season, where it's the, the shrug, and yeah, I'll take that, even if it's not his
2: forte. He's he's cool with doing it. All right, so overtime happens and a minute in, Katie fouls out.
1: Curry picked up by Durant. Curry to the basket, layup high off the glass. He got knocked down. And it's on it's, Durant. And Durant is fouled out. Sixth personal foul. For Kevin Durant, and he's fouled out with four thirteen remaining in overtime. First time he's fouled out this season.
5: Oklahoma City scores the first five points of overtime. Like yes. they're going, they're they're racing, and then they just stopped again. It just I, I, but watch this again. I don't know
4: how did they not win this game? It's unbelievable.
5: About fourteen different ways that <laughs> so they could have won that game,
4: including the fact that when Katie fouls out, they replace him with Kyle Singler. <laughs> I can, I cannot. Properly, I mean, I mean, we are talking about maybe the most it's ha- the biggest downgrade in the history. We're talking about maybe the most hated role player in Oklahoma City Thunder history. Hey, hey mean, what's
2: what's what's K- what's Katie's war if singular is the replacement?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Oh man, what's Mike Trout's hated what's Mike, role what's player? Mike Trout's war over uh, a double A. Uh, man, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's
5: forty five, uh, but. That was yeah. That was a, I mean, but Durant shouldn't have fouled out. I mean, he, he shouldn't have got those fouls to to take himself out in overtime. And Steph Curry didn't get didn't foul out. He was still on the court for the end of the game, which was pretty important for him to be
3: there. I forgot that those were Andre's first free throws of the game. By yep, the way. Yep. I mean, that's, he avoided free throws.
5: Sad. I mean, he avoided free throws for most of his Warriors career. That's why it's so shocking that he played to get the free throws in that moment, which he clearly did.
2: So Durant fouls out. They're up five, right? Curry hits a couple of threes. The game is tied at
1: 110. Curry, another three. it oh, it's good. The Curry eruption continues. The tie game. Wow. And a record broken by Curry once again. His own 11 three-pointers. He's one shy of the single game record. And again... The Thunder go back up by
2: four with a uh, 141 left then it, it all really falls apart Steph drives hits clay in the corner for a three Westbrook uh, hits a pair of free throws and Steph comes down and hits a pair of free throws uh, And then that's when the words down three and clay again Doesn't go for the three they're down three and the Warriors the best three-point shooting team in the league don't go for three clay goes to the hole again and for some reason, Westbrook tries to block it, hits him in the head, and it becomes a three-point play. Yeah, and go- a yeah that's, a, that's a good shot, too.
5: He made a good shot
2: there. Yeah, and this is Westbrook's moment, Slater. It's 29.5 seconds left in this high game, and he's got the ball. And KD's out. This is his moment. What happened, Slater?
4: He viewed every moment as his moment. <laughs> but this
2: one was actually it. He hits the game winner. Like we're
3: You know what? I think that's brilliant though. I think that's a brilliant quote from Slater. The problem with Westbrook is not having an off switch. Being the marathon runner who's just trying to sprint the entire time, I, I think that that was the problem. It was every moment was his moment. <laughs> so there was no ability to reserve any energy or focus for that one in particular.
2: Did you
4: like the shot he got? Did you like the shot he got? No, no. It was rushed. It was like this weird brick like banker. He was good at the bank, but it had to be a bit smoother. Um, but again, I mean, trust me, I could, t- it, I could make a... 19 minute compilation of like late game questionable shots that were not just Russell Westbrook, <laughs> that were a lot of people on the Thunder. By the way, Clay uh,
5: played great defense on that position on Westbrook. Yes. Yes. Westbrook had it, then remember, tried, gave it they up, gave it up, yeah. Yep. Got it back, and Clay's on him, on him, on him, on him for a little, you know, little hesitations. And for, you know, and Westbrook puts up the, the, the tough shot and misses
4: everything. Another key right there when we talk about why the Warriors matched up better with Westbrook than other teams, because he could go at Chris Paul, he could go at Tony Parker, but the Warriors could put Klay Thompson on him. And, like, that's a good defender on Russell Westbrook, because he's not used to having a bigger, strong guard on him. He's used to being the bigger, stronger guy in the matchup, and Klay always defended him. The greatest part of
2: this game, arguably, was when they don't – Westbrook misses a shot – I think it was Iguodala got the rebound, immediately gets the ball to Steph, and the whole bench is telling Steph to go, like, go. And Steph takes his time as he crosses half court. The best part is how the entire Oklahoma City bench is telling Roberson to play up. (laughs) Like, yo, get up on him. This is crazy. Like, he hadn't even shot yet. He just gets into shooting
4: rhythm, and Moros rolls his hands up like game is over, right? (laughs) Like, oh, that's it. That's game. A very funny topic around the Thunder in the days after this was Ennis Canner being mad and telling Andre Robertson uh, where he made the defensive mistake. I mean, the screenshot mm-hmm. was Ennis Canner looking at him like, come on, Andre, you kidding me? And like, you know, obviously, that was the flip side of the roles on that team. So what, what was your reaction to the shot, Uh I remember thinking, why why is
2: he shooting it from so far? There's still three yep. three some seconds left. Like, what what is he doing? And a, and Draymond was quoted saying he said the same thing. Like, what that was a dumb shot. Why would you do that? But what were your reactions when he actually hit it? You know, I
3: I gotta say, um, maybe Slater disagrees with me on this, but from the court side perspective, uh, because you're sort of behind the action, it doesn't you don't get as good a sense of it as when you've got that sideline view. The sideline view lets you know the depth. A lot better when you're watching on TV or sitting with that kind of that, that kind of right on the sideline, 50-yard line, whatever you want to call it, half-court view. I kind of didn't, in the moment, get a sense of how far it was a, a, as far as I remember. I mean, I, I could tell it was a deep three, but he had been hitting deep threes. I didn't quite get a sense that it was like that. Curry! Like way
1: downtown! Back!
5: Marcus, for for how many years did I turn to you when Steph was taking long shots at the end of quarters and games and say, what? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm just used to that guy doing it. And uh, yeah, it was was about five feet further than I would have thought. But when Robertson turned his head, which is what he did, I think that just was green light for Steph. Like, he's not going to be on me if I shoot it from here. And I just... Have every time mean, he's got more confidence than anybody in the world, and I've got confidence in that confidence. He takes those shots because he can make them, and that one was dead. Like he had it lined up. He took three dribbles, and they weren't even as you said. They weren't even fast dribbles. They're like oh, no, control, his time. Yeah. yeah, control dribbles. Gather, boom. And I just, I'm just so used, even then. Well, especially then, I was just used to when step, has a look at a shot, wherever it's from. I turned to Marcus, even though I wasn't sitting next to him the time, and said, "That's in," and, and that one was in.
2: What What was interesting about that shot was I don't think Steph sees it from a perspective of okay, this is thirty seven feet that's in my range. I think he just saw a look at the basket, like just the way he yeah. he stepped into it like a regular shot. Like he did. Yep, I don't think yep. he knew he was thirty seven
3: feet. But, by the way, this will be maybe a confusing thing to listen to decades from now. Uh, maybe it is for different reasons right now now. but it's confusing it's already it's already confusing but you know maybe we're too traditional mike d'antoni has opened this up where guys are you know shooting from farther back role players are shooting from crazy far back we might The the basketball culture might have been way too conservative in this idea that you should always take every three with your feet right behind the line. That maybe the difference between shooting from 30 feet versus shooting from 23 feet isn't like a drop in 20 percentage points. It might be a drop more like three to five, which for a three-pointer is okay. I mean, this sort of signaled, I think... And gave permission a little bit for other guys to do it. And now we've seen it with Lillard and the aforementioned Rockets. But in the future, there might just be a bunch of game winners that look like this, right? Where well, this, it's I just mean, not, it's not, yeah. He's a, he's a unique person in the history of basketball too. So I Because mean, he had the confidence to do it, yes. to try it, and to and, earn
5: it. And right? he's really good at it. And the team wanted him to do it, right? That's that, that, like. If he had missed that shot, would they have been pissed? No way. No. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is this is what they wanted from him. It's just unique. I and mean, he made four hundred and two of them that season, not of all that distance, but he four hundred and two three pointers, which is just ridiculous. And I, I just think that it's yeah, we can say that other people are doing it, but no one's going to do it like that. No, no one's ever going to do it like this. No one had ever come close to doing it like that in the history of basketball. And this was the apex moment for Steph, just to to shoot it from wherever he was going to, and have the composite do it. And obviously, it's, it's a it.
3: great celebration too, by the way, on the rewatch, just as a team. Draymond sort of crouch, howl. Uh, the entire Steph celebration, the, cra- the the camera tracks him the entire time. Uh, the he high fives of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
4: Mike <laughs> Breen's look... going ballistic, too. Yeah, yeah, bang. The double bang. bang. Mike Breen's first bang. ever double Laurent
3: bang. Scott with his mouth open, mouth agape in shock <laughs> as I see this on the replay. Me with my headphones. headphones, um... headphones. You're just doing your <laughs> audio distancing, Ethan, though, by the way. I'm just yeah, audio I'm listening to I'm listening to a book on Audible. Clearly, me deleting my, look-
4: my on deadline <laughs> recap. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think that might have been my focus too of how to shift this. And then that that high five with that just kind of smirk across Steve Kerr's face, just that simple low five. That uh, not a high five, but a low five. Uh, the entire thing is a I mean, it's a tremendous celebration. Um, and Andre. Andre is just so tickled, too. He's just so happy.
1: Westbrook gets off a good look. Won't go. And Golden State historic run continues with a signature win here in OKC. Stephen Curry breathtaking once again. Ties an NBA record with 12 threes, 46 points. And the Warriors are 53-5. and five. One of the most compelling regular season games you will ever see. Just say sorry, big old. Just say sorry.
4: you see any quirky things in this game? Anything that stood out to you? Well, see, it's funny with this shot. I see it it through the flip side of the lens, right? Because of the team I covered. And, you know, even on this celebratory shot, you can see Aubrey McClendon on the baseline. Yes. Um, Yes. And this is... Like it's just it epitomizes the sports tragedy that what what was the end of that like thunder should have been dynasty that wasn't and that season which is the final season they're they're trying to grasp on the, the the warriors are taking away what you know their place in NBA history that was supposed to be theirs and that season it right before the um, All Star break Monty Williams wife about a mile away from the arena gets killed in the car crash Monty William it was it was such a tragedy they had. A game with the Pelicans, you know, a couple nights later, there's flowers all around the arena. Monty Williams, who was Kevin Durant's favorite assistant coach, has to step away from the team permanently. Um, and then, so this is later in February, this game happens again. The Warriors just, just, just ripping that city, that team's heart out. And then two nights later, two days later, Aubrey McClendon, who is basically the Peter Goober from an ownership ladder standpoint on the Thunder, the number two under Clay Bennett. Uh, gets indicted for uh, antitrust laws. He's like a big guy in energy and oil uh, on that Monday, because I was Saturday night guy. He, he, on that Monday, and then Tuesday morning, uh, Aubrey McClendon dies. He is driving a uh, car at about 80 miles an hour into a bridge. You know, there was obviously some thoughts it might be suicide i'm not sure it was ever confirmed to be but it was like that was this was huge around the team around the thunder i know it's kind of forgotten nationwide but
3: no you it's something you notice just because you know, you, you remember when you watch and you see his face you are like, oh that's the last game he's ever at is this two game. days
4: later yeah and it just like that shot to me or the clay thompson game six it just rushes into my mind what was like such an emotional roller coaster of a final Durant season that you know the final dagger is obviously July fourth when he leaves to go to the Warriors. But um, again, a theater of an NBA season. This was the spe- most spectacular of the regular season games. Uh, I'm not sure there'll be another NBA season like that one. Uh, if if we really kind of you know. Knowing what is going to happen later. Have we exhausted everything in this game? Yeah, I feel I like so we might. Did. I feel like we did. I feel like I feel we, feel like we did all. so
5: much that we we might have done it twice. But that's a whole uh, other thing.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll pick another game another day. We got a while. I feel like we'll be revisiting a lot of games.
4: But uh, can we pick a random game? I want to pick a random game. I don't want you know. A hey, random game, game. Six of the 2016 finals. Like somebody should you know tweet at. One of us tweeted Marcus or something like a game that's that was good and memorable but it's maybe forgotten a little
3: bit. I felt that way, not that I'm cheating on this podcast, but game six of the finals twenty sixteen was not one of those that forgotten. you're cheating
2: on it? Is it? Oh, maybe I am. Cheating? Maybe a
3: little bit of dabbling. Look, you know, there's social distancing and there's social distancing. And the words are fabulous
2: I, I, and entreeing is good without something on the side, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, there are some forgotten great playoff games. You know, usually if there aren't a bunch of lead changes or something dramatic at the very end, things tend to fall by the wayside. Uh, they get lost in the shuffle. So, yeah, um, that that could be good. I'd be curious to see what people want us to discuss.
2: Yeah, let us know which uh, which game you want us to revisit. If not, we'll just let TK decide. How about that? Until oh, next time, we are out of here. Uh, Warriors Plus Minus recap this is a wrap.